0: You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash, and I like to think we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. In today's episode, I chat with the inspiring Vanessa Haldane. Ness and I recently connected on socials. She is the creator of Journey to Worthy, a global movement to remind you that you are worthy and it's never too late to reignite your self-worth. Doing my duty of care, this episode comes with a trigger warning. We have open discussions on grief, trauma, loss, domestic violence, sexual assault, and eating disorders. Just like the flawed and fabulous community, Journey to Worthy is a safe space for women to share openly. Vanessa and I understand that some of these topics discussed today can be triggering and deeply upsetting. If you feel affected by anything you hear today, please visit the support pages on the Journey to Worthy site and please reach out to the following services who will support you anonymously and without judgment. This discussion has been on my radar since I stumbled across Nessa's reels on Instagram. Her dual character role-playing caught my eye and I spotted a word I'd never seen before, coercive control, and I was immediately intrigued to learn more and investigate if this was a current issue playing out in the relationships around me. We discuss what it is, how to identify it, what to do if you are in a toxic or dangerous relationship, And how or when is the safe or right time to speak up or intervene in what you are noticing around you? So before Ness explains her why, let me share a little bit about her story. Vanessa struggled with self-worth manifested due to her own childhood trauma, where she experienced sexual, emotional, physical and mental abuse from the tender age of eight. A self-destructive pattern developed in her teen years that saw her experience living in a group home as a ward of the state juvenile detention, and teen motherhood. Ness shares the turning point in her life that sparked the change that led her to the creation of the hashtag worthiness movement and Journey to Worthy. Vanessa has spent the last decade dedicated to working through the countless psychological effects from the early years of her life, and through this process, Journey to Worthy has been born. What began as a simple blog and hashtag has grown to help tens and thousands of people around the world. I'm in awe of Nessa's ability to wear her scars with pride and support women to do the same. Her work is incredible and so needed. You all know how much I love a quote, and I'm a huge believer in the importance of self-love. So in the impactful words of Vanessa Haldane, there is nothing more powerful than a woman who knows her worth. Now let's get started with today's episode and welcome Vanessa Haldane to the Flawed and Fabulous Podcast. Ness, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am super excited about this. As
1: I said earlier, Ness is a new friend of mine and I have been following her journey on Instagram and everything she is about is very super aligned to me and I think it's such a valuable topic that should be spoken about more. But before we get stuck into today's episode, can you please tell us in your own words who you are and what you're about?
2: Um, My name is Vanessa, obviously. I am a mum to three beautiful daughters and I am the founder of Journey to Worthy, um, which is an an empowerment platform and business designed to help people reignite their self-worth and create some change in the world Um, Because I truly believe that people with self worth are less likely to end up in abusive and toxic relationships and more likely to support other people
1: we recently connected um, through Instagram and we went out for a lovely lunch together to get to know each other. And this season is the Friends Files and you are my new friend. And I look forward to all the things that we are going to be doing together in the future. But during our lunch, you actually shared so vulnerably and open with me as you do on your platform um, about your own story Mm -hmm. and why these topics are so important to you. So we're going to talk more about. Sorry, but for context, now, if you can just rehash um, from your teenage years through to kind of now, um, what your journey has been like.
2: It's um yeah, it's been a rough ride to get to where I am now, and um, I know that a lot of people listening would have experienced trauma in their life, and for many of us, that stems from, you know, it, it start begins in our childhood or our teen years, and for me, it was childhood um, abuse. That led to self-destructive behavior in my teens. Um, and I ended up in a domestic, domestically violent relationship in my teens at around the age of 14. And that changed so much of my life. Um, just the, the way the abuse was structured uh, he he did a lot of isolation techniques with me so at such a young age I um, really didn't I only trusted him I had no friends um, I didn't trust my family I didn't believe my family wanted to keep me safe so I used to run away a lot to be with him and my parents dealt with it in the only way they knew how which just was to sign over their parental rights of me to the state um, so I actually became a ward of the state and was living in group homes and um, that was a really rough experience and at one stage I was even uh, locked up in juvenile detention for not returning home on time that that was a, a really it it's tough that one because it was a a horrible experience but also a lovely experience at the same time because the there was a camaraderie and friendships built in in that lockup um with other girls that were experiencing what I was experiencing and And that was lovely, but the actual experience and ordeal of it was was horrific. Um, Fast forward another few years and I'm pregnant as a teenager um, to to the abusive partner. Um, I did leave him when I was 19 and met my now husband, but there's been a lot of mental health issues, um, severe anxiety to the point that I had um, agoraphobia, which means I couldn't even do simple tasks like the food shopping, um, you know, stepping foot outside my house, really. And the development of anorexia and bulimia. Um, And losing my dad in 2006 to a sudden heart attack resulted in my mum ending up with severe depression, which ultimately ended her life in 2011 when 30 weeks pregnant. Um, and obviously I've just kind of brushed over everything there, but I feel like we'd be talking for five hours if, if I was to go into great depth. So in a, in a <laughs> nutshell, there's been a lot, there's been a lot that's happened. I've experienced um, sexual harassment, sexual assault. I was, um, when I was in um, the system, I was raped by two men in a bathroom um, and blamed for it. Um, and the, that's been the you know a consistent pattern in my life is that I have felt and that stems from the childhood sexual abuse that I felt guilty for that it was my fault and that pattern has continued throughout my life that I felt like I'm to blame and I became a real people pleaser in my adult years like I'm not the bad guy I'm 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 good and I don't want to upset you and nothing's my fault and I don't you know um and I became a real people pleaser to my own detriment um so, yeah, I think it's important to note the trauma that's experienced because it leads to all those decisions later um, without brushing over it. But, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and thank you for sharing. I know that there's so many more layers to that story. And um, if and everyone listening, I'm sure, is going to jump over to your platform and find out more as you do. So share openly and beautifully about your journey. Um basically what I gathered from our time together and I feel like the listeners are going to get that too you've taken and it's kind of like what flawed and fabulous is about Mm -hmm. you've taken your pain and it's given you purpose and now turned into your passion and that's really Mm -hmm. what your journey to worthy platform is but before we get more into that we have angel cards which is on every episode and um, we have pre-shuffled the card and um, Ness has picked one and I haven't shared it yet so I'm going to flip it over and oh I think you're going to like this one (laughs) based on on our conversations too and I know the answers to a few of the questions coming up as well so you have pulled the entrepreneur card Hmm. there's Self-employment suits your disposition and intentions. Working for yourself allows you to better follow your intuition and divine guidance. We are your co-workers and teammates who remain loyally by your side to ensure your success in all ways. And I'll just go to the book that says, this card comes to you because you're well-suited to self-employment. You have the ideas, the drive, and the self-discipline required for entrepreneurial work. Yet, self-doubts make you hesitate. Wow. (laughs) The the angels reassure you that you have what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur. They will guide you and support you along the way. And as long as you follow through on this action, your success is assured. Additional meetings for this card. Your ideas for a business are sound. Ease out of your present job by moonlighting with your desired business idea. Take action as you're guided with respect to your career, your career. Fully commit to succeeding in your new business.
2: what? Can I share with you what my question was? You know yes. how you have to think yes. of a question.
1: I know your question. So I would love for you to share.
2: My question was: Am I on the right path?
1: Well, there you go. The angels have spoken. I Amazing. And everyone knows how excited I get when there's like a new person. And I'm like, see, believe, believe, believe. That's
2: so good. So
1: I will take a photo of that and send it to you afterwards. Amazing. So you can um, revisit that. But I know that you're definitely on the right path, but it's always nice to have that extra confirmation from the angels.
0: 100%. So journey
1: to worthiness. Mm-hmm you've given some background and as you said you really did skim over it there is so many layers to your story and what is your why for journey to worthy what what is your turning point and what made you turn your pain into purpose instead of having a victim mentality so um there's
2: a couple of questions there so I'll start with the latter question and then move back to the first one but for me losing mum in 2011 um I just I just had enough for the first time ever I viewed a painful experience as not about something that had happened to me for once like I had a real victim mentality prior to this I think where I felt like I didn't really take responsibility for my life things were happening to me when really a lot of those things could have been avoided without the self-destructive behavior that put me in those positions in the first place but um when mum committed suicide I felt peace for her. I was happy for her that she was no longer suffering, um, and I was just like, I, I don't want anyone to feel like she did. I don't want to feel like I do all the time. I, I I don't want to have this victim mentality anymore. I want to change the way I view the world, how I view myself, and take some steps to change. And it's it's sad that you know losing mum triggered that, but. To be honest, I don't know that I would be able to talk about the things that I talk about um, and reveal the things that I have if her and Dad were still alive because there might still be that feeling of wanting to protect them and, you know, not talk about those things. Um, So I believe that it's all for a reason and I think that was one one of the things that I had to keep telling myself was what is the point of everything you've been through, if you don't take it and do what you've always wanted to do since you were a young girl, which is help other people, always. Um, and it, I thought it, I wanted to work in childcare. I thought I wanted to help children. Um, but then I realised, no, that's that's not it. I want to have children, but it's not. I don't, I don't want to look after other people's children. That's not it. Um, and then when I was in the system, I thought it was to become a social worker because my social worker was just look, she was probably great at her job, but she had no life experience in what we, the children she was looking after had been through. So I didn't feel connected with her. I didn't feel like she could understand. So I thought that might be what it was. But then looking into that, I was like, mm, it's going to hurt my heart too much. I just, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't, I'm I'm going to want to take them all home and, you know, adopt everybody. Um, and that's not going to work. And then I realized that I you know, I just want to share my story first and see if it can help one person. So I started a blog and it was just called Gold Coast Musings, which is just me on the Gold Coast sharing my thoughts. Um, And slowly the community began to grow and I kept sharing more and more. And um, it was helping more than one person. In fact, the first blog post, I was really shocked by the response. And I realized that um, this is how I could help but offline I wanted to do more so I've um, started studying counselling with different different layers and different um, expertise that I'm going to continue studying so that I can help um, predominantly women offline um, but as well as online uh, so that's how it started what led to Journey to Worthy was just it just came to me it just has organically grown from a blog to um Uh, it used to be my name on the Instagram it's now journey to worthy official because it's not just my story anymore it's my community story Uh, we've got a great community on TikTok and Instagram and to know that it is helping people around the world like tens of thousands of people around the world it's changing their life um, like it changed mine and um, yeah I just I honestly believe that self-worth is everything if you don't have that You just you don't you don't have anything because you don't have that belief in yourself and you don't you can't support other people with no self-worth. You just can't. You feel like I used to feel, which is that everybody's prettier, everybody's smarter, and you're bitter and you're angry about it, and you can't support other women because you're upset that they're where you want to be. When you have self-worth, you can just appreciate exactly where you are. Um, and, and support other people on their journey without without competing. But something that's really big for me is that if I had had the self-worth that I have now when I was younger, um, I would not have ended up in an abusive relationship. I would not have had toxic friendships that I had. So if we can help people now if they're older to help their children or if they're younger, if we can help them find their self-worth before they grow up and, you know, create those relationships, that's what we have to do.
1: Definitely, and going back to you had the turning point and you mm-hmm. wanted to make changes, and I'm sure there has been a chord struck with most people listening that at some point in their life um, they may still currently be in that mindset of I'm not enough, I don't deserve this, not pretty enough, don't have enough things. What sort of toolkit do you did you use to gain this worthiness?
2: I think, look, social media wasn't really prevalent when I started this journey. So it did involve therapy, um, but also just making sure that my self-talk, which is something that we all have all day, every day, without even thinking about it, it's subconscious. Um, but picking up on things that I was saying internally or externally and um, really focusing on changing that. So when I would catch myself saying, you're this or you're that, I would, I would say no and I would turn it around and take, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of faking it <laughs> to, you know, forcing it until it becomes everyday um, things. But for now on social media, who and what you surround yourself with including online is is extremely important and I encourage people all the time, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. If anything, I love social media, I love going on there, I don't necessarily have a bad experience on it because if I see something that makes me feel like crap, I'll unfollow it or I'll mute it or I'll avoid it because we can curate what we consume. Um, and that's a really big one. You don't have to view content that other people view just because they've got a million followers. There's, there's um, you know, it's not a popularity contest. And um, I think, again, on social media, not holding your worth in how many likes or followers or, you know, not seeking that external validation. So. It's been a really slow process. been about a decade, <laughs> you know, a, a, a slow process and continual work and will be another decade and another decade after that. Um, but, yeah, I think reviewing who you surround yourself with is a super important one. I did a big clean out. It's better to have a few amazing people um, than a whole bunch of people that are not going to help you on your journey that are just going to hold you back.
1: Absolutely. I think that will resonate with a lot of people. Um, it's it, it's hard to do, like, and if that is where you're first placing yourself to make proactive choices, if this is resonating with you, and you're like, I, you know, do feel that feeling when I'm watching someone's social media, and I don't like the way that that makes me feel, but sometimes these toxic behaviors are addictive.
2: Yeah, and
1: you spiral and you just go down this path, and you're obsessed with looking at other people's lives and wishing that you had it. I'm glad that you mentioned um, TikTok and your reels and Instagram and everything like that, because that's how you've popped up in my feed along mm-hmm. the way. And when I'm, I'm not sure how far they go back, but um, the ones that really caught my eye, and it was a topic that I knew nothing about, and I was mm-hmm. super interested to learn more, and your comic or videos. Uh, obviously catching attention because you're um, dual role-playing and mm-hmm. um, it's coercive control and yeah. the question for you is what is it how can you identify it and why should you do something about it so I know that there's a lot in there but I'm sure that you've got all the answers to those questions in explaining it.
0: Look,
2: coercive control is something that 100% was a part of um, my abuse as a child and also the relationship that I had as a teenager. What I believe that coercive control was the initial abuse that then became physical. But very often in non-physical abusive relationships, it's coercive control at play and it's a, a pattern of abuse that uses manipulation, intimidation, gaslighting and coercion to control a partner um and it's really it it is killing people because quite often the um the the first
1: instant of physical abuse is 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 murder and it it has domestic violence has been on an increase in our news media as well as our news feeds and I think it's sometimes one of those topics that is overly confronting for people and when they watch it they feel so much empathy and sadness Mm -hmm. for these stories but they don't necessarily look around them and see if any of these um, traits or characteristics are playing out with their friends or in relationships. And um, what you might think is like, oh, he, he's just doing that because he loves me or I'm okay. doing it because I love him. And I think it's really important, and we spoke about it too, that it's not just um, the, the men. Like it is predominantly more mm-hmm. um, statistically proven that it's in men but females are quite capable of doing coercive control coercive
2: control of of women against men is is quite common it's just that coercive control with um men against women is killing them so um that's that's why it's such an issue um because in 97 percent of cases where a woman is killed by a current or former partner coercive control is the abuse not physical, and you look at um, Hannah Clark, for example. There was no physical abuse, and look, you know, for those unfamiliar, um, trigger warning. This it's it's horrific. But if you're not familiar with the story, uh, excuse me, her partner doused her and her three children in petrol and set them alight. Um, a horrific story, but a perfect example of coercive control, where he controlled everything she did. And the most dangerous time for a lot of women is when they leave and Hannah Clark is is an example of that. But um, the reason I do the reels is that, as you were saying, like so many of us just brush things off as, you know, or you, you hear about coercive control and you're like, oh, that's terrible. Not realizing it's going on in your life. When in your own relationship, when I role play, people are like, oh, hang on, that's, I do that or my partner does that and the amount of messages I get from the role-playing reels blows me away but it is ending marriages in a good way Um, a lot of people are choosing to leave and 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 surprisingly um, to a lot of people a lot of women have messaged me and said I've just booked in with a psychologist because I do this to my partner And and she's talking about a male partner, a female doing it to a male. And I think that's important to note, because a lot of people, I do post a lot about the patriarchy and misogyny and how dangerous it is and toxic masculinity, Um, so much so that people get on the defensive and assume I hate men, and that's not the case at all. But we do have to talk about these issues, and they are uncomfortable. Um, And sometimes... It's going to hurt our feelings if we're the perpetrator of these things. So if I'm talking about something that men do and you're a man and you get offended by that, you need to look, you know, within. It's like if someone talks about racism, you can get upset about it or you can look at it and go, wow, I used to make jokes like that when I was in school. That's not okay." You know, so I think um, the more defensive people get, the more I think "Mm, you're wearing the shoes here. I think this is um, very relevant to you and that's why you're so triggered. So
1: Definitely, and we can all be better and do better and that's if you have like a beginner's mind or an open mind to not shy away from those things and really look within or look within your circle and start to see, you know, actually I didn't like when Mm -hmm. Bob did that at the barbecue but I didn't really say anything and it's not my place and it's not my business and it's very easy for all of us to take that seat back or that back seat and just say that's a bit too hard and one of the other things that we spoke about was um like picking picking your battles mm-hmm. and um you know I have times in my life now where I've been doing work on myself or I get really interested in a topic and then I learn all the things and I'm passionate about it and I'm excited and I want to talk about it but I'm sure, and um, you know, we will get. We'll start talking about your hubby also. That um, I'm guessing there's been some awkward moments within your friendship circle, or even with your husband, as you've been starting to grow um, more knowledge and more passion about this topic. How does that sit within your friendship circles when you something arises? Do you stand up or shut up? How do How do you gauge?
2: So um picking ear battles, it's been a big one for me. So with my close friends um, in my circle, the reason we're friends and the reason we get along so well is that we're all quite passionate, we're all quite articulate and we love a verbal sparring session, uh, me particularly. I love a debate. And the thing is that I don't view them as arguments. I love having like, you know, a conversation with someone with an opposing view and having those conversations. And then I might sit back and go, oh, and either I'll learn something or I'll teach them something or both of us but I'm then happy to go okay cool we you know that's your view that's my view cool what are we getting to drink now like I'm quite happy to just leave it there um I know with certain issues around politics and things like that and very very much around feminism um a lot of people have a bad view on it and um do think that I just hate men and when people have that opinion and you can't change their mind that's when you just need to You just need to let it go. If they've got that opinion about you, you have to have to let it go. And sometimes I will ask someone I'm talking with, is there a chance that you could be wrong? If they say no, the conversation ends there because we all need to be open to the fact that we could be wrong. Otherwise, there's no point even having a discussion and you're just going to be arguing back and forth and butting your head against a wall. Um, But also knowing when it's going to help and when it's not so using my counseling what some of the techniques that I will have to be to use in counseling I try and bring into my real life as well like keep in mind what that person's goal is um and and stay neutral and non-judgmental and let them say what they need to say and listen and that's something I've really had to learn to do is not always pop in with my two cents or my opinion or and you know when you have a lot of knowledge about a, a subject and you just want to you just want to pass it all on um that's been really tough but I'm learning just to sit on it um and then ask how can I support you? And then, if they say, "Well, what are some red flags to look out for while I'm dating?" You know, I don't want to, and I'm really scared about ending up in another abusive relationship. What are some red flags? Well, then I will offer that information. Um, but yeah, it is really tough. Sometimes I'll be talking and I'll notice people's eyes, and I'm like, I'm "Really sorry, sorry, I'll stop now. I'll stop now." I've been going on for about an hour, like, rightio.
1: <laughs> I that passion, but you mentioned red flags, and you did rattle off a few things before but if no if the listeners have not done any kind of research they might not even know what gaslighting is yeah um so if you can probably give like the most common red flags that you would see within um your community when people are reaching out to you that's like a repetitive um red flag that maybe they didn't even think was an issue but from being a part of the community they've gone oh hang on a minute
2: yeah Oh. The most, um, my dog just jumped down. Um, the most common and tends to be the very sort of first thing um, that an abuser will do is isolation. So, um, you know, your friend, this friend is that, that friend is that. They're not supporting you. They're not your real friends. Um, and family, your family don't understand us. They don't understand this relationship. They hate me. They don't want you to, you know, to be with me. Um Isolation is imperative for them to gain control of you because they need you to be self reliant. So that's that's a huge one. And some of the common phrases you will hear are, oh Sarah, nah 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 she's a bitch nah I heard her talking about you the other day it's all made up it's all just to um have you rely on them and them alone lack of privacy is another one asking for your passwords believing that as a couple that you should have each other's passwords and digitally spying on you in that way it's not okay I heard it being joked about on a radio station the other day and they were all asking each other you know who should um who's checked through their partner's phone and it was frustrating to me because it's abuse <laughs> and you know, whether we've all done it or not, it's not okay. And it's a very common thing that um, an abuser will do is keep track of their partner's phone. And then once they're in, they will unfollow people, they will block people, they will send messages to people from that person. And yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, so keep your passwords to yourself, you're entitled to privacy. Now gaslighting, I'll just go quickly over it for those who don't know what it is. Is a tactic that's used to have victims doubt their own reality and sanity. Um, so, if you were to say to me, um, "Oh, Ness, wear red," and um, I turn up in red, and you say, "I, I said purple. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh my God, you are so crazy. Have you been taking your medication? I said purple, one hundred percent. You have lost your mind. So that's a, you know, a, quite a um, Obvious example, but it is really subtle things like they might hide your keys, and then when you can't find them, you. I did a reel on this. You always lose your stuff. Like they know exactly where they are, but they won't tell you. They want you to feel that you're crazy. Um, It happened to me um, with my abuser. I knew, I knew he was cheating on me, but he just kept saying, "You are crazy. What are you talking about?" So you doubt that, and that that's imperative as well for them. Isolation, and then have you doubting yourself? You're stuck um yeah and control as a whole like hannah clark for example her partner wouldn't let her wear pink and they'll say things like if you loved me you wouldn't go if you loved me you wouldn't wear that it's only because i love you i don't trust other guys it's not you it's all this sort of stuff that's yeah so that's just um a few a few examples there but toxic jealousy is another one um you should be able to go out with the girls and talk to other men um in in a public setting um talk to your friend's boyfriend without getting the silent treatment or getting into trouble for that um so that's a huge one the silent treatment as a form of punishment if you see that run
1: and speaking of relationships mr journey to worthy yes let's have a chat
2: (laughs) yes old dwayne
1: so give us a background on um how long you've been together how many children you have and what your relationship has been like since you have started your own journey to Worthy.
2: So we met in the year two thousand when I was just nineteen. Um, I'd already had a daughter with my um, previous partner, my uh, abusive ex, um, Dwayne. And I have been together ever since. We're married. We got married in two thousand and three, and we went on to have another two children: Kaya in two thousand and one, and Kalani in two thousand and twelve. Um, so we've we've had a. a, a relationship where we've grown together and he's had his own experience with mental illness and trauma Um, and we've had that's what brought us together I think but when I really started to um, gain my self-worth and set boundaries that was really really tough for him and for our relationship and I think had we not had the amazing communication skills that we do, and his willingness to um, to want to work with me and work together, and you know that that um, mutual love and respect for each other, it really is mutual. Um, we wouldn't have made it. One hundred percent, we wouldn't have made it because I started saying mm, that's really toxic crap that you're doing or saying or, um, and and of course, he's not going to like that. And he felt left behind, like, here I am feeling great, feeling empowered. And he didn't, he wasn't feeling that, he felt that his worth was wrapped up in, you know, lifting me up when my self-esteem was low and being that one person that, you know, I relied on being my person. And I was suddenly like, I love you and I want you in my life. But I don't need you anymore. So he's still sometimes if someone, especially on TikTok, I can get a lot of trolls um, and he'll say, I'm gonna say something and I'm like, no, I can look after myself. I don't need any man to go and bat for me. If I if I feel like responding to this troll, I will, I'm fine, I'm good. Um, and, and he still struggles with that. Whereas in the past I would have said, yeah, go, go, you go, you go battle that for me, you go tell him off. And um, so that was really difficult. And I was doing um, a, a campaign with Marie Claire magazine about coercive control. And I had all these boards with different different statements on them, like he tracked my social media, he um, forced me to have sex with him, things like that. Um, and he was reading some of the cards, not not that one, um, but some of the cards, and he said to me, Ness, I, I recognise my own behaviour in in this. I feel like I do some of these things. And I was like, you do you actually do Um, and that started an actually really bad downward spiral with his mental health which was good in a way because he'd always had mental health issues but it took it spiraling to a really bad point um, for him to go and get the help that he needed and we were then able to go and get help as a couple to talk about um, the toxicity in our relationship from both sides and how um, I can be an empowered woman and bring my husband along for that. Um, so we were able to, to work that out and he works on his worthiness as well. And together, he's a part of Journey to Worthy. So, um, you know, he'll come along to the shoots. He's at the events. You know, everyone loves him. Everyone comes up and gives him a cuddle. And, um, you know, he's, he's well known in the Journey to Worthy community now as Mr. Worthy. Um, But it it took us a bit to get there. And as I said, if we didn't have that mutual love and respect and strong desire to be together, um, then it wouldn't have worked. That would have shattered our marriage. Absolutely.
1: And it's so great that he is along for the journey. And as you said, spiralling isn't ideal, but sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to come back up and it looks like that you are both supporting each other for um, a bigger purpose which is amazing one of the things that I love that you did this year and I'll let you tell the story let's talk about worthiness day
2: yes world worthy day
1: world worthy day sorry I said it wrong. (laughs) I you had an event um it was about two months ago is that right
2: um it was about a month ago actually September 30th is World Worthy Day and we had the event on the day
1: yeah amazing and so give us the spiel on World Worthy Day
2: well, World Worthy Day was created along with the worthiness movement as a day that's dedicated to self-worth. So getting people on social media to talk about, you know, those issues that, that normally we would hold guilt and shame with, that perhaps they normally wouldn't, but on World Worthy Day they can. Um, to Yeah, to start those conversations that will spark change and to give back to charity, which is something that's, um, that we do already with the, the sale of our worthy merchandise and collection as well. Um, but yeah, to get to get people together like-minded people to listen to inspirational guest speakers on self-worth on important topics um and break down that stigma and shame on issues that affect women while raising money for amazing charities to support these women
1: amazing and so world worthy day will be on September 30 Every year moving every forward. year. It's on the
2: national calendar now. It's a recognized um holiday. Um and I called it World Worthy Day um because of you know so much of the worthiness movement is international like so many of, so much of the community is around the world so i want women around the world to be able to celebrate and as the years go on i'm sure that there'll be lots of fundraising and events going on around the world we will be taking um the events around australia next year um so that'll be really exciting to be able to celebrate world worthy day with all our victorian and south australian and new south wales um army so that'll be good
1: it will be freaking amazing and so needed in our society and culture. So I look forward to that. It will be on my calendar. Might even be able to jump on a plane and go somewhere. <laughs> yes, I know. Oh. It should be super exciting. And while you're talking about those amazing plans for World Worthy Day, what are your big juicy dreams for Journey to Worthy?
2: Um, My big juicy dreams, I'm going to have my own clinic. Um, and there's going to be a warehouse for all the stock, you know, because the Worthy Collection is growing, which, as I said, with the sales of that, we give back to charity, Um but I would love to have my own practice upstairs as well, where I can treat women on site and online um, with the counseling practice. I would love to eventually have um, journey to worthy an online place for people to go to a support network with um, counselors, phone counselors, um, online chat forums, um, places that people can can visit and get instant, instant help when needed. Amazing. That's, that's the big plans.
1: And if you have one, before we get into the final five, if you have one key takeaway or one message that you give to anyone that is listening, that possibly this conversation has struck a chord with, or they're thinking, "Am I in this relationship that has these red flags, or I am I the person committing the red flags?" Um, what would you like to say to them?
2: You, you, well, if you are the perpetrator, you are worthy of forgiving yourself and you are worthy of changing that behavior. It doesn't have to be forever. If you are the victim of that, you are worthy of not living that life anymore and recognizing that behavior is not okay and and getting help and getting out. Um, I think it's, it's really important that recognizing self-worth is is, is a lot of forgiveness, a lot of self-forgiveness, forgiveness forgiveness of other people, not for them, not because you're saying it's okay what they did to you or what occurred, but to set yourself free of it. Like, I I forgive you, you're not not a part of this anymore. Um, And the self-forgiveness, we've all done shitty things in our lives and there will be times in our past that we perhaps didn't treat someone very well um, or we weren't a great friend or a great partner and allowing, uh, forgiving yourself for that, you are not your mistakes um, and and moving forward with a, with a clean slate and, yeah.
1: And do you believe that coercive control can also be outside of a, a partnership and can act? happen
2: in friendships yeah toxic friendships are huge especially female to female relationships Um, I also think workplace relationships um, and family relationships a lot of the messages I get are from women saying that my reels describe their mum the mum is a very, very common, it's the most complex relationship that people have and creates so much trauma for people. Uh, I still have so many questions for my mum that I can't ask her because she's no longer here. Um, but absolutely, com- relationships are complex. And. Um, but with your friends, it shouldn't be hard. You shouldn't feel drained walking away from a friend every time you see them. Obviously, it's give and take. Sometimes they might need you more and it might be exhausting if they're going through something and that's okay. But they should be give and take and you, you, you shouldn't feel exhausted or less than um, after walking away from people. So those those um, the gaslighting particularly is something that I see um, women do to each other. Um, and in uh, workplaces as well, and the and the put downs, the uh, passive- aggressive backhanded compliments, which, I will be honest, women only do to each other when they don't have self-worth. So it's what I mean. it all just it all goes in roundabouts. it all comes back to self-worth. <laughs> Every time, everything that happens wouldn't happen if,
1: and if crazy. somebody does, and I will put this in the show notes, if someone is experiencing coercive um, control or possibly even physical abuse mm-hmm. in a domestically violent relationship, what steps can that person take?
2: I think you need to be safe. The most dangerous time for a woman specifically to leave uh, to in, in a relationship is when she leaves. So you need to be safe. Um, I would highly recommend going to the support page on the Journey to Worthy website. There is um, a host of numbers and websites that women can visit, but there's also a page for the men. So whether the men are experiencing the same things as what we've described women experience or whether they are the perpetrators, there's a list of um, support specifically for men as well that is... anonymous Um, so and and, and a line a a helpline on there for men who are abusers because not every person who is an abuser wants to be so we need to be able to in order for it to stop we need to support those um, perpetrators in their journey to stopping before it does lead to somebody's death Um, so yeah there's a host of support pages on there Um, and a lot of what I do when people do message me on Instagram is refer them on to the appropriate you know to the appropriate people. It's not, it's not okay for me to um be giving advice um uh, you know medical or safety otherwise, um in not in a clinical setting. So hence why I want my big clinic, you know, big clinic where I can <laughs> treat people. But the um support, the support page, yeah, is where I like to direct people because it's got There might you know, whether it's disordered eating or body image, there'll be Butterfly Foundation. If it's abuse, there's 1-800-RESPECT. There's a whole bunch of different places that they can check out. And same for the the fellas or our non-binary friends as well.
1: Amazing. Okay, final five. I'm excited to find out what the answers to these questions are. So Ness, what is your quote to live by?
2: Nothing changes if nothing changes really simple but like it literally everything is in that sentence Mm -hmm. because with a victim mentality as we discussed before I would whine and moan but I wouldn't do anything to change it and nothing in your life will change if you don't change anything so that's my quote always and I say that to everybody what are you going to do about it oh well no well nothing changes if nothing changes what steps are you taking to change what you don't like whether it's your job or whatever the case may be your health
1: Nothing changes. And direct and achievable. Love yeah. it. What is the best advice you've ever received?
2: Be thankful for what you have and you'll always have more. That was from Oprah. Direct phone, direct line. Um, <laughs> you know, she gave me a call old ops That's what I call her. Oops. Um, <laughs> um, um because it's so true and that comes down to gratitude but without it saying all oh, woohoo you know sounding woohoo um you know gratitude i don't sit there every day like this out looking at the moon, you know, with my gratitude journal, but that's not necessarily what I do. But I do make sure that every single day, I focus on what I'm grateful for. And it is something that my parents used to do around the dinner table as well. Tell us something good about your day, because I was obviously as a child quite negative, and we've carried it through with our children as well. So tell us three good things. People will never have an issue telling you what they don't like about themselves, what they don't like in their life, what they've had, what was crap about their day, but they will really struggle to tell you what they love about themselves, what they love about their life and what they loved about their day. So practicing gratitude in that way in every day, not making it too woohoo with sitting down and really making a big thing about it, just making it something you can do while you're driving, um, you realize how much you have and that's what, you know, a lot of people, when they know the full story of my life, are like, how are you so happy? And I'm like, dude, I've got a, a husband that loves me so much we went to couple counselling together. Like, you know, a lot of people just go, and no, this is too hard. I've got three healthy, amazing children. I'm doing what I love. What What's not to love, you know? what's not to be happy about so I think that changes everything and there was um an instance in um Fiji where a chief of a village actually said that they'd been offered all this money to mine a mountain that's filled with um marble and um that they just they don't ever want for more they can live with less but they never want for more so they just don't they're not going to give up a, a spiritual mountain for the sake of money they're just not because they don't they don't need to they're happy with what they've got and they don't need more so yeah
1: Yeah, and I do a similar practice with my kids I always say at the end of the weekend what were your three favorite things about this yes weekend? What did you Enjoy the most and I, I always love hearing their answers and I think it's really important to start encouraging having um, gratitude and looking for the small wins and I be like oh but we didn't you know go to the theme park this weekend we didn't really like but we did do activities what we've and like oh, actually I love when we caught that snail and I'm like oh but and sometimes like, so-
2: they surprise you like um Kalani I remember once was like oh when we had that cuddle on the couch like you know, just tiny little things. And we might have gone to the theme park that day, but that was the thing that she's grateful for. Um, and I always say, like, um, I remember, I can't remember which kid it was. <laughs> I've had too many. Um, said to me, nothing, nothing good. Nothing good happened today. And I'm like, well, did the sun rise? That's good, isn't it? Uh, do we have enough trees that we can breathe oxygen? Like, so I was trying to say to her, sometimes you have to bring it back to the very basic I am breathing, I'm alive, I have survived 100% of my worst days. I'm grateful for that. You know, and on your really shitty days, that's enough.
1: Totally. Can you repeat the best advice you've ever received just so people that didn't possibly understand it at the start and now have had all those examples can have that as a takeaway for themselves? Be
2: thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more.
1: Yeah, I love that. What is your core value?
2: Well, it's a tough one because is that personal? Is it business? So I guess if we're going over both, um, it would have to be integrity. Just always doing what you know is right. Mm-hmm. So whether it's I drop something off a shelf at Woolies, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up, put it back. Like just little things like that. Just, yeah, always do what you know is right. And if you move forward with that in your heart, um, yeah, you can stop yourself saying and doing some pretty horrible things, so
1: love that. Honesty, integrity, very much aligns with me too. If you had one last meal, what would it be?
2: Um, A steak, medium rare, uh, with mushroom sauce gravy, and mashed potato, snow peas, broccoli, and a hot fudge chocolate brownie with ice cream and hot fudge sauce on top. Haven't thought about that at all. I'm so no, I'm
1: feeling very hungry and I do love some mushroom sauce. I'm more of a chocolate fries for my potato uh-huh. intake, but I'm always, I feel it and um, mushroom yeah. sauce is it. A- I just love
2: mixing everything together with my mashed potato and just all in one thing. And do you know, I don't even like eating meat. I don't want to eat meat, but um, I try, I've, I was a vegetarian for a year and then I've continued to try and Every time I go out, I order something with meat and then I go, Oh, <laughs> I forgot. I'll start again. Well, next time, know. next time. And I just always forget. Oh, it's a running joke.
1: <laughs> I'm the forgetful vegetarian.
2: Yeah, that's right. I'm a what is, Was it you that said it? A forgetitarian? Or was it someone else?
1: No, but I like a forgetitarian. I'm always claim always like combined words. So yeah, I'll just claim it. it. It was you. And last but not least, your fave. Beveragino.
2: um I love an English I'm gonna sound like such a nana now um English breakfast tea with skinny milk and honey Simple. yeah it's it's not a cool cocktail or anything I'm sorry I hardly ever drink I just love my tea
1: there is nothing uh, wrong with that it is your favorite beverage, it is. You know. and I always am interested to what comes up so what's
2: yours
1: oh I yours do- is going to be
2: alcohol I know it <laughs>
1: And everyone be like, "Don't say tea, you bloody liar!"
2: <laughs> water, guys. It's it's a plain water with some water or frozen water as well, ice cubes. Yeah,
1: and like an even slit for a margarita. Or I knew a it. Wine. Yeah, a
2: red wine. I knew you'd say margarita. Everyone yeah. loves margaritas. I don't like them.
1: I I'm a big tequila gal. Ah, gal. I don't, and I like gin, but I don't drink vodka or anything like that. Um. For all of the listeners that have loved everything that you're about, Ness, where can they find you? Um, You can find me on
2: Instagram at journeytoworthyofficial on TikTok. TikTok, um, which is just my name, Vanessa Haldane, um, and the website. If you head on over there, you can see all the merch that we sell. I've got a podcast as well, information about future events, the support pages, like I said, what the Journey to Worthy mission is, and um, a little bit of a background and a message from from me about why um, why I started it. And that's at www.journey to Worthy.com.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for giving up your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I know that this episode is really going to hit home with a lot of male and female non-binary listeners at the community, the Flawed and Fabulous community in general, and I'm so very grateful for the work that you're doing in the community and that you're brave enough to stand up and have a voice for those that are not yet able to speak for themselves. So keep doing you and I look forward to following your journey over the over the upcoming months and years.
2: Thank you. And it's been an honour being on here, um, knowing your story as well. Uh, We align a lot in our values and um, I think you're amazing and I really appreciate you having me on.
0: If you love today's episode, it would mean the absolute world to Ness and I if you could please share on your socials or chat about these topics at your next Catch Up With Your Friends. To really create awareness and normalise these topics, we need your help too. So get sharing and I would also love if you could subscribe, rate and review the Flawed and Fabulous podcast. Thanks for tuning in and just remember, we're all flawed but we're also fucking fabulous.